Welcome to my podcast. This week's podcast brought to you by Petros Taverna, three locations, Laurier, Westmount, and Griffintown, and Little Italy on the way. My guest is Emmanuel Lambropoulos, who is the Member of Parliament, the Liberal Member of Parliament for Saint Laurent, and a former colleague of mine at the English Montreal School Board. Welcome, Emanuela. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's great to have Emanuela with me. Uh, I had a chance to talk to my friend Anthony Housefather, Patricia Latanzio. So over time, I'll be talking to different MPs. Now, Emanuela, you were elected in a 2017 by-election, and uh, you are not the favorite to get the Liberal nomination, uh, yet you, you did. And uh, do you still pinch yourself that you got the nomination and you were elected to be a member of Parliament? No, things have gotten way too real. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's uh, it's something that happened three years ago. It's it's a one out, but back then, you know, it took a, a while for me to fully understand what was going to happen and and how what changes I was about to go through. And um, you know, I wasn't expecting it, but it wasn't something completely unexpected either. I know that when it first happened, I was in a lot of shock, and I was you know um, portraying it as being something that I wasn't expecting. But it was something that I really give my all for. So, um, you know, when you work really, really hard and you're working around the clock and, and it's like a, you have a one-track mind, it's hard not to get it, you know? <laughs> now, you, you were a teacher uh, at the MSB. Uh, you went to the MSB as a youngster. You went to Garden View, Lauren Hill. You taught at Lauren Hill. You, then you were a teacher at Rosemount High School. What, what made you want to become a politician all of a sudden? Politics is always something that I did on the side for fun. Um, I got involved at the age of 17, uh, sat, sitting on various boards and helping out in various elections for different uh, liberal candidates. And so I had been a member for a long time. And it was something that I had always done. I, I always would go to conventions. Like I knew very much what the party was about and I knew what what politics was about. And even earlier than that, I would watch the news with my dad and we would talk about, you know, why we're liberals and, and how, like, what the different stances and the values of the parties were. So it was something that I kind of had in me from a very young age. And um, obviously, you know, I thought back then, maybe this could be a career choice one day in the very far future. Uh, I didn't think it would come this early, but uh, it, that's the way that the cards played out, I guess. Do you miss teaching at all? I, I do. I do. I miss teaching because there was, um, you know, I, I like working with young people for sure. Um, and, and I liked being an inspiration to these young people. And when you're an MP, you know, you're, especially myself, I'm obviously, I'm a backbench MP. So there's not much of an actual influence that like I have an influence for my writing for sure but I'm not making um, as much of an impact on as many people as I was before so I found that when I was teaching I would you know directly impact 30 different people sitting in front of me times the four classes that I would teach and I would be inspiring to them and they were so young and easy to shape that like everything I said stuck to them and, and was able to make a difference in their lives. Whereas now I am representing 100,000 people. So it's a much bigger pool of people. And it's, it's harder to connect, you know, with them at such a deep level. But obviously, you know, you do your best and you're, you're there to represent your constituents as much as possible. It's just that the connection is a different one. And I, um, I miss that 
you know, more than anything. I did just finish a master's in educational leadership. So uh, going back into the field of education is not off the table. It's something that I, you know, I'm 29 years old. I have a long career ahead of me. Um, I, I don't know what the future holds, but it's not completely off the table yet. That's very interesting. And it also must be cool that, you know, you actually represent the, the schools that you attended. So when you were young, yes. the member of parliament was coming to visit Gardenview and Lauren Hill. And now here you are, uh, the exactly. MP going into those very schools. So I still have that connection with the schools and, and it's something that I'm happy that I have that, you know, especially yeah, because these are the schools that really marked me. I worked at Lauren Hill for five or six years, actually. So this is the school that I worked in for the longest period of time. And so I'm happy to get to go back when I when I want to. Absolutely. And and uh, so now you're a teacher. We're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. You must be using some of your teaching skills to talk to people about how they should be comporting themselves during COVID. I mean, public speaking, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying Any, anyway. to, yeah, to reach out to as many people as possible. Uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we shut the office down, but we all continued working from home. So my entire staff was working nine to five from home. Uh, in the beginning, it was more than nine to five, obviously, because we were getting emails at all hours of the day and on the weekend, and I felt an obligation to respond to them at all times. So um, for the first month, I would say that it was work full-time, like 100% of the time. And then as uh, things calmed down, it went back to 9 to 5, but people are still working from home because we said it works pretty well. Um, and my goal really during this time was, yes, to respond to the needs of my constituents, but also to make sure that we were constantly giving them updates on what the latest information, on what the latest news was, whether it was federal, provincial, or municipal, I would make sure that I would give them updates through Facebook Lives, through Instagram. Um, you know, I would try social media platforms to really connect with as many people as possible. And we would also write uh, emails and send them out to all of our, um, our, all of our base. So whoever has ever contacted me by email was receiving my emails uh, every other day to update them on, on whatever there was to know. One of the businesses in your constituency is uh, J Corp, which is owned by uh, John and Marvin Gurman, and they're on Gin Street. Uh, and they have an e uh, John has an esports uh, company called Hacks, and uh, I know that they were the first people to really get into the mask business in March uh, when COVID hit because they already had a, a company called the Mask Army. Uh, you mm -hmm. visited uh, their place uh, the other day. Uh, what were your impressions? I was very impressed, actually. I, uh, we did the whole tour of their headquarters, and it was a very interesting place. Clearly, John has uh, a very interesting personality, <laughs> and um, it was it was like going through a theme park, um, going through his going through his uh, company. But I was impressed that you know he was telling me that his goal by the end of this is to donate one million masks. Um, they've already donated, uh, I believe, 150,000 masks, and so their goal is to reach 1 million. And um, obviously, they, you know, they're encouraging people to buy their masks so that they can actually donate a big number of them to people who need them most. Um, and and I, I really take my hat off to him for, uh, for being able to provide these masks to people who need them. What can you say as a teacher to people who are listening to this podcast and people in general 
about the importance of wearing masks. Well, I think we all saw what the effects of a lockdown were uh, on society. So when we were uh, basically from March all the way until June, July, we were in lockdown and we were not supposed to leave our homes unless it was to go buy groceries or essential, like to 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 fill our essential needs. Um, masks are the only way to stay away from that, right? So I think that um, in the beginning, we weren't telling people to go buy masks because Canada and Quebec in general just did not have enough masks to provide each and every person. Uh, and not enough companies were producing masks at the time as well. So we wanted to keep our protective equipment for doctors, nurses, people working in hospitals, people working in the CHSLD, and seniors, right? Because these are the ones who needed to protect themselves because they were in direct contact with people with COVID-19. So this was the reason why not everyone was wearing a mask in the beginning and why we weren't encouraging masks at the beginning because we did not want the same thing that happened with toilet paper in the beginning, right? We didn't want to have a run on masks and not have enough of them to go around to our hospitals. I know that my friend worked as, my friend's mom was a nurse in a hospital and she did not have masks at one point. They were locking them up and not giving them to their employees. So that is how, you know, dire the situation was back in March when this first started happening. Now we have enough masks because Canada has given the go-ahead to many companies to change uh, and, and to basically provide these medical masks to the people who are working in the hospitals. So there's no longer a need to, you know, be um, stingy about masks. At this point, we encourage everyone to wear a mask because this is the only way that we can continue keeping our economy open and, you know, still protect ourselves. Obviously, we know that the two-meter distance is still important. We should always maintain those rules of social distancing. But wearing a mask allows us to continue to live our lives the way we want to um, and still remain protected and not have to go back into a lockdown. So I would strongly suggest to everybody listening to go out and buy masks um, for you and your entire family because it's important that we all continue to follow this rule. Masks, you know, we've seen pictures of how of the difference that they make. It's like, you know, um, if you're not wearing a mask, the chances of you spreading the virus are extremely high. If you're wearing a mask and the other person isn't, well, you're containing most of your germs into your, your own mask. And then if both people are wearing masks, well, the person won't breathe in whatever you are spewing out and you're already being covered for most of what your, what your, um, your, your mouth is, um, you know, whatever is coming out of your mouth. So it's absolutely necessary and it's absolutely been proven to be effective um, in order to keep the virus away. Well, Emmanuel, you just proved my point. We know, we know, I know for a fact what a great teacher you, you, uh, you were and are uh, from <laughs> your old friend, Miss Pella, especially, who is always raving about you and all your other events. And just the way you describe that, that's a teacher. And I think there's such value to having someone like you representing us in Ottawa. So I want to thank you for your time. I want to congratulate you for everything you're doing and tell you how proud we are of you. It was tougher to demonstrate without a picture. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Don't thank worry. We'll, we'll, you, we'll, do, we'll do a Zoom call down the line and, and we'll maybe do a Zoom call with some students. Actually, maybe we'll do some Zoom calls with some of the uh, students at some of the schools with you yeah, uh, down the line to. as well. Okay. It's a, it's, a, 
It's booked. We'll do it for sure. All right. My guest has been Emanuela Lombropoulos. I want to thank you very much and all the best, Emanuela. Thank you so much, Mike. Okay. All the best.